So guys, you know, everybody talks about dentists and, uh, and Fred's. And I was thinking, uh, what is the most popular group set among Fred's? Campy Super Record? Sram Fred. Oh gosh, jeez. It's just that, that right there in front of us. It's just that easy. Yeah. What, um, oh, you got more. <laughs> what hairstyle would a Rastafarian Fred have? Uh, Fred locks. Fred locks. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. I see where this is going. Okay. I see, I see a pattern. Okay. And uh, for cyclocross this weekend, Baton Rouge, what what tires would a Fred choose? File Freds. Yes. Uh, I was thinking maybe. <laughs> what about a Grifo? A Grifo Fred. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. But file file Freds was. I don't know. File Freds. You heard it. it here first, folks. Delta States. Number one in Baton Rouge, Filefreds. Hey guys, it is a beautiful evening in New Orleans. Absolutely. Fall has sprung. That's what it does, right? Fall springs. Yeah, Fall's spring, back. Spring sprungs. Fall falls. Yeah. Descends. <laughs> anyway, fall has descended upon the us. The weather is nice. It feels like fall. I feel I hear cycle crosses around the corner. I got my new pizza cap on. Sweet cap. I'm drinking a Rattler lemon and ginger. Matt, what do you think about that? Uh, I'm okay with that. I don't have an issue with lemon and ginger. Uh, it's other like fruitiness and, and, uh, and, like watermelon. You don't like watermelon? Yeah, watermelon. Yeah. I don't like watermelon anyway, but I don't want it in a beer. Yeah. I'm having a uh, an Urban South second set Pilsner. Hmm. Sponsor correct. Yes, yeah, sponsor correct Hashtag. as always. Well, guys, uh, welcome to the Yeah, you Ride podcast. This is episode 25. This is Bodie Bodie. Hey there, this is the T-Bone. And this is Sachiria. And we're just sitting here on this lovely Monday evening. Getting stoked um, for Delta States Grand Prix, which is starting this Sunday. Yep. Well, it starts on Saturday with the Fall into Cross Clinic. That's, That's true. true. The racing starts on Sunday. The action, the the action, the 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 Baton Rouge action starts on Sunday. The real deal. The points will be awarded. Yeah. On so Sunday. That's, I'm pretty excited for that. And uh, if I decided to look back at the last four years of yeah you ride content and post some treasures from uh each each year that we've done delta states so yep. i just posted the very first video i made for delta states which was a teaser before we even started racing um with some footage from practice back in 2013 uh some pretty fun stuff a little maybe a little embarrassing just to, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I'm not. I don't know. You got you caught me doing a sweet down tube grab, man. You know. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we uh, we like I said in the post we didn't know a ton about cross. I feel like Skip was really leading the charge there, but we had some vague ideas and we were into it and uh, we were out there getting dirty and riding yeah. bikes. So anyway, that's what's coming up uh, this Sunday. So get signed up. Yeah, um, yeah. Get or out not, there. or sign up the day of, but to make sure you be there. Yeah, speaking of that, I noticed of the three of us, I think I'm the only one that's signed up for the race on Sunday. <laughs> okay. So Yeah, heed, true. I mean, heed hey. Heed your touche. own advice, gentlemen. Yes. Well, my last piece, I just say that 
you don't have to sign up, but just go there. So we'll, we'll see. And then sign I... up once you're yeah, there. Yeah, you can sign up there, Dave. Yeah. Maybe I think I might do that. I think I'm going to race Masters this year. It does. I think it does help, though, doesn't it? To I mean, obviously, it helps for the promoter to know that some people are coming. Yep. As they say on the uh, flyer, pre-reg is encouraged. Yeah. And it's appreciated. As a race promoter, I, I do appreciate it, although it's more money for me if you sign up day of. So. Now, now, Bodie, how were you planning on racing Masters this year? Uh, got a fake ID. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty close. I'm two years away from Masters, so I'm really, I think I might have to retire and then make my comeback when I hit Masters age. Yeah, oh, it's so funny because can... I'm actually two years away from aging out of Masters into whatever's after Masters. Masters 50 plus, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I, I actually, my racing age for cross is 50, guys, this year. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. It's insane. Yeah absolutely insane um but in delta states there is only one masters category so at 50 you still have to race with the 40 year olds or the 39 year olds and i you know let's put it this way i think uh how old's butch sims 60 butch is in his mid 60s mid 60s and he has consistently beaten us so yeah yeah so by the time i get the masters he'll still be kicking our asses yeah yeah uh speaking of big uh you know big news you know coming in on the newswire on facebook um scott coopersmith is saying he's not racing the masters this year gonna concentrate on the uh one two three race i guess so i guess he wants to make sure he thoroughly stomps us in the one two threes yeah because he never had any problem beating all of you guys <laughs> even after he beat all of us in the masters race earlier in the day yeah. did he yeah. his warm-up race yeah yeah well so you know there you go guys well I'll, i applaud that for one <laughs> I bet you do, yeah. You know, I hope he didn't give in to the pressure because I know a lot of people kind of bagged on him for sandbagging the Masters. Uh, but I never felt like he was at open game, man. He's He qualifies. I think he's sandbagging if he's yeah. over 40. Yeah, that's that's yeah. what it is. Um, and the fact that he did the, the one, two, threes too. So I guess it just means that uh, Ben Allen um, and Zach Thomas, they need to really step up their game. I mean, they're the only ones who've actually beat scott so they need to uh yeah maybe there's a dark horse out there somebody we don't know about yet somebody will show up from out of the blue there are a few Uh, dark dark horses spencer ortigo coming on strong you know true gibby looking good gibby looking really strong really really hard to beat him last thursday at cross practice Eric Stewart. Uh, Eric Stewart, too. Fast. Super fast, too. Yeah, I'd, I've never beat him. Actually, last week was a. And first I can confirm he now has a skin suit. That's great. Good, because yeah. he won't be flopping away with his jersey. That's good. <laughs> good to hear. Well, let's talk about cyclocross, but let's uh, let's talk about some pro CX. You guys want to get on some of that? A lot of good action this weekend. Yeah, a lot of good racing. Um, where do you want to start in Europe? you want to start in the States? I don't know. Uh, Put that on you, on on you, buddy. Yeah, it's all you. <laughs> it's all you. We're all we're very laid back. Well, here. let's let's keep it in America and, and, and talk about uh, the Grand Prix Gloucester out in out in Mass. Up in Mass. Oh, not up in Gloucestershire. Mass. Okay. Gloucester. 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 In Gloucestershire. Gloucester next to Worcester. Yeah. Um, anyway. So that's a that's a pretty big race on the East Coast. I think uh, it's been called New England Worlds. Yeah, it's uh, a huge race. Uh, you know, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but why isn't this race part of the U.S. Cup CX? 
That's a good question. Yeah. Don't know the answer well, to it. I'll, oh, I'll, I'll, the answer probably would be that it's part of the Vittoria series. Ah, uh, okay. Which is a fairly long-running series that takes place mostly in New England, although I think they have a race in New Jersey, and I don't think New Jersey is considered New England. It is not. No. In Atlantic. So, yeah, so day one. Um, Two-day race, Saturday-Sunday race. Saturday-Sunday race. So a C1 and a C2 race with both C2 They're races? They're actually both C2s. All right. Um, it looks like, uh, so in the men's uh, race, Tobin Ornblad won both days. Yeah. So that guy's he's killing it. I mean, he's on fire. He's a beast. He seems to have a heck of a kick of a, at the end of an hour-long race, and he's just out and sprinting people, um, or just or just riding away. Yeah, everything's clicking for him this season, isn't it? Yeah. So is it um is it too early to say Tobin Ortenblad, your next national champion? Certainly yeah. too early to say that. It's it's not too early to 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 maybe say he'd be the favorite. But I'm calling to, him the favorite right now. I'm yeah. I'm calling it right now that he wins. <laughs> okay. Um, I think right. that he's on fire right now. I think that he might uh, get a little lull. You know, he might kind of have to come down off this peak. Okay. Now U.S. Nats is going to be in uh, Reno, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's closer to his home base. Mm. He's Oregon. No, he's in like Santa Cruz. He's California. Yeah. yeah, not far okay. at all. Then. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, and then I feel like Jay Powell and Stephen High will kind of get back on top and start winning some races. And maybe Spencer Petroff, who's been up there second a few times. Yeah. But then Tobin's really going to sharpen his knife and come nationals, he's going he's gonna to win it again. Because I th- also think that Reno will, well, might be cold. And who knows? There could be snow. I don't think it'll be wet. It's, gonna, it's probably going to be cold. Yeah, I, I would imagine. I mean, it's, it's going to be cold, but I don't it's think it's to Tahoe. I don't it's, think it's uh, going to be muddy, which is a condition that might favor someone like Powers or Hyde. Mm. Um, so those are those are my mid-season predictions right there. Well, a lot can happen it's between October altitude. and January. It's high up, so you know that plays a factor too. So anyway, so Tobin do, Tobin taking the victories uh, day one, day two. Uh, Tobin and Powers went, they were racing together on day two. They were sort of, they, I think, it, I think Powers attacked at some point and really just split the group up, group up and then Tobin and Powers rode a, around together. Like you look at lap times, they're the same time, like the last three laps. And the last lap they're together and Tobin has been out sprinting everybody so I'm assuming at some point Powers was trying to distance him, um, but he gunned it and he went to the line with him, and yeah, he, he got smoked. But it's good to see uh, Jeremy back on the podium. He had a couple. He had a DNF. Uh, he was on the podium both days. Is that right? Yes, I believe so. Um, but he, he, you know, he had a he had a DNF at Charm City, and I think what he did he DNF the World Cup and and in waterloo so he kind of mm. bounced back from that um yeah and then on the women's side we had emma white win day one um her and ellen noble battled it out and then day two ellen noble beat her so she got another victory um she's had some tough rides too ever since her win in rochester so that was great to see also i think it's well, her and Emma White, I think, are both from New England, so that's kind of a hometown crowd. But a uh, strong duel between those two women. Um, 
also could be talking about national champions. Um, one of those, one of those. Although Emma White is U23, so she might. I guess I don't know. Do they do that? Do they separate them at nationals, or do they race the same race last year? Uh, they separated them. They did, right? Yep. They okay. separated. Because yeah, Ellen Ellen was the U U23 national champion. That's yep. right. So. Yeah, I mean. Well, and don't don't forget about uh, Katie Compton as well in there for uh, nationals for the women. Obviously, not racing in uh, Gloucester. Yeah. She was over in Belgium, have, but what? Who is the current? national champion well i mean i guess have we seen emma ellen and katie race together this year uh yeah didn't trek we see cup. the trek cup yeah yep. katie won that one pretty handily first day yeah but she didn't she had a bad day in the world cup so i don't know i'm, I'm not you know well, there's i guess katie will you know katie's doing a lot of europe stuff this year but i, I obviously she's going to come back for nationals so yep. that's going to be a good battle i'm excited for that and you know who didn't race in Gloucester, but I saw Instagram stories of him there, Stephen Hyde. Hyde. Yeah, what was up with that? I don't know. I'm just trying to find some information. Hyde, what's up, bro? Don't know the answer to that. I want to cheer you on. Where are you at? I mean, he was ripping around with Tim Johnson, but... Yeah. Uh, I, I also saw, I think he's cut his mullet off, too. So, I don't mm. know. That seems a little extreme. Drastic measures there. Oh, you know who else was racing? In uh, in Gloucester, friend of the podcast, Vince G's wife, Yuko, mm. racing in the women's fours. Oh, nice! Don't know if you guys were saw Vince's Instagram. He's taken a bunch of uh, Insta stories and and footage from some of the bigger races, uh, but then was out there uh, supporting his wife as her uh, mechanic and bike washer. That's pretty great. Yeah. I did see in true Vince G fashion, he did have a shot of like looked like some falafel. Maybe, uh, maybe like a kebab plate with hummus. Mm, in the know. background was the Gloucester Rock. I thought that was very. That's right. Yeah, that yeah. was cool. Looked great. Looked fun. Looks like a looked like a fun venue. They, this year they brought back uh, this run up from the water, which is pretty cool. You sort of you drop down along the waterfront, and I guess it used to be a gravel path, but now it's paved, and then you've got to run back up to the venue, and it looks like a pretty steep. Uh, and poodle climb so i'd like to make it out there one year so Bodie, you're saying that you think that uh that gloucester is not part of the u.s cup cx because it's part of another series yeah uh that sounds like it could be right it also sounds like it might not be right um only because i suspect that some of these other races are also parts of you know other larger series uh, maybe maybe not still seems like you could include it if you really wanted to even if it was part of two different series uh but cincinnati's this weekend uh coming up right mm -hmm. that's that is part of the u.s cup CX. Yeah. that's the next race on the calendar right and you uh you dug up an interesting nugget uh, that you shared with us uh, a gofundme page that uh was started uh, ryan trebone started to try to fund uh the some lower lower places in the overall u.s cup cx uh placement is that right yeah well i mean so the u.s cup cx has been a winner take all um so there's ten thousand dollars for the winners of the men and uh, the women's so there's nothing for like second, second or third. third fourth and so he's i mean he's caught some blowback online and you know he just 
on Twitter or even, you know, on the podcast, you hear people, even Katie Compton mentioned she thought she'd, you know, pay out because what's the incentive if let's say you DNF, you know, one of the races mm-hmm. uh, and that puts you out of contention. So maybe you don't want to travel to Sin to race. Maybe you stay at a local race in your area. Um, you know, so having a little bit of a payout, I think would incentivize people to travel. So yeah, he's got he's got to go fund. I guess this is the state of the world. We just go fund everything now. Yeah, I don't like it. Uh, yeah, it feels like let's get some sponsors behind this. Let's make this. Uh, Doesn't seem like it's really catching on either. It's uh, I've, I've been following it throughout the day since you shared it with me. Only nine people have donated so far. There's a fifteen thousand dollar goal, and they're only up to eight hundred bucks after an entire day of uh, contributions. So. I mean, good luck with that. Maybe we should step up and bump in some money. No. Yeah. No, I, I don't. I, yeah, I just, I don't feel like. Uh, I feel like I'd rather, I don't know, maybe donate something to our local series or buy some more steaks for somebody. Um, I guess there is a matching funds from the guy who, who from Show Air, who is right. sponsoring the U.S. Cup. So they're up to 1600 additional dollars. Um, interesting enough, I see that Chuck Hodge, a uh, USAC higher up has donated some money and megan horner is that chris horner's wife hey maybe so i maybe, don't know the answer to maybe that. chris horner will start doing cyclocross where is he did he retire no he hasn't retired yet but i mean he's he never gonna retire <laughs> he doesn't race anymore no right? he's just waiting for a new contract uh <laughs> <laughs> you know he's probably uh i don't know he might be well now that uh contador retired trek maybe he might be interested in and bring in, bring in, I mean, hey, uh, only American maybe, to win the Vuelta. Maybe Urban South could pick him up for uh, for next season. Also, we need to option. bolster our Masters squad. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> he is Masters aged, correct? Oh, yeah, he's certainly Masters age. Yeah, he was Masters age when he won the Vuelta. Well, I know if he gets a pro contract and he races in any of the Grand Tours next year, Bodie, he will be on your fantasy team. Yep, I'll put him on. <laughs> Anyway, let's go back to cyclocross. Yeah, um, and speaking of sponsors uh, or lack thereof, uh, no lack of sponsors over in the uh, in the Belgian uh, in the Belgian cyclocross <laughs> no. series, yeah. are there? No, it's just a mouthful of sponsors in every single race. Yeah, there's a sponsor for the series, sponsor for the race, um, various sponsors for the teams, of course. Yep, uh, and and much like. A lot of the pro peloton, have you guys noticed, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but it seems to be the case in, in cyclocross as well, uh, lots of home improvement sponsors. Yeah. Uh, Brico Cross, we were talking about the other day. Brico mm. is apparently a Belgian hardware and outdoor store. Nice. Sounds like a Home Depot or a yeah. Lowe's. Kind of a Home Depot, and it's got a garden center with nice. it. Nice. Um, of course, you've got... Uh, Much like Castorama, classic That's right. French team. Yeah. Um, Marlux, which uh, mm. is uh, one of the team sponsors, is also uh, a garden center, just a straight-up garden center, no home improvement there. <laughs> and it makes sense. They're, they're riding in the dirt, right? Yeah, well, you know, I was thinking <laughs> about it. and foliage. And then broadening it out largely, you know, to, to cycling in general. Of course, we've talked. you got Quick Step that does floors, suit all that does yeah. building materials. Caulk. Um Hands grow that does uh, bathroom fixtures, hmm. and I started thinking, you know, Bodie, you've joked about how you're going to build your house out of nothing, but um, uh, but uh, cycling sponsor materials, and you probably could. Um, Mape for your grout. I've got a hot take on this. 
I love hot takes. And this this hot take Bring is actually it in fresh. Yeah, it's so hot. It's got two T's in the word hot. H O T T take here, because I have no data to I have no data to back this up at all. Right. I'm merely speculating here. I'm thinking that 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 guys and 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 women, people that ride bikes in general, they tend to be tinkers. You know, they're always fucking with their bikes. They're always you know, modifying their equipment, they're upgrading, they're changing, they're retaping their bars. Bikes require a lot of maintenance, right? And the types of people that get involved in that sort of stuff tend to be tinkerers and makers and doers. Mm. And I'm thinking maybe all these sponsors are involved in this because what what do all these sponsors have in common? They all have things that you you're sort of making or doing or you know we're tinkering with our bikes. Maybe we're more likely to be the kind of people that are going to tinker with our homes or with our gardens, or you know. Um, so I'm I'm thinking these guys may be onto something, and that's why you see this. You don't see this in the NFL in the states, right? Uh, you don't see commercials for you know for uh, for bathroom fixtures and caulk on you know. What do you see commercials for? You see commercials for beer, yeah, and like pizza, yeah, right? Because yeah. people that watch football sit around and drink beer and eat pizza on their couch. But, you know, with NASCAR, though, uh, you do see, I mean, like a lot of the team sponsors are things like Lowe's and the Home Depot and stuff like that, too. So there's there's a lot of that going on there. Maybe, I don't know. Slide. It's interesting, though, because in Europe, it doesn't seem that cyclocross as, is not as much participatory where in the States it is. Right. And so I would say, you know, people aren't participating in football, but they watch it. Yes. Yeah, it's interesting. It's true. In cycling. So, yeah, I mean, that's a take, bro. You gave us a take. Yeah. Well, right, because to your point, Bodie, what I've, from what I've seen from the Belgian cyclocross fans, you would think that there would be, like, lots of beer yeah. sponsors. And cigarettes. And frites and cigarettes. Yeah. Well, they don't need to sponsor because they're just going to buy that shit anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so Brico, Brico Cross, yep. uh, round three, Polder Cross, in, in yeah, how, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it must have some other name it must be the gp uh somebody some retired yeah. rider all belgian cyclocross race of at least three names yeah so that was on saturday that was saturday that, that was saturday that was saturday yeah so in the men's race nothing really to talk about match you won i mean yeah back to we're back to business as usual yeah right? we had a slight yeah. blip Lars, Lars gave us some excitement. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, now it's back to. And Lars took the day off from Brecro Cross. He was not on the start list, so uh, he wasn't out there to try to see if he could beat MBTP twice uh, in as many weekends. Hmm. Um, uh, what I thought was noteworthy about that is that that uh, Wout Van Aert does seem to have reestablished himself as the. Uh, certainly as the, the the main contender to MVDP. He seemed to be the only one that had much of anything uh, to bring in that race, uh, although he wasn't. He never challenged Vanderpoel for the, for the win, but at least he wasn't mired back in the back in the pack like he had been for a couple races there. Right. What's up? So let's talk about some fashion here because Wout was wearing all-white skin suit. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I, at first I was like, oh, that's the World Cup leaders. No, wait, no, because it's not a World Cup race. 
So it's a world championship race, but right. he just happens to have. I mean, I guess he has both. He has both. He has the all white, and then he has the black bibs. Yeah, you remember he he actually put that out on social media and asked the fans mm. what they preferred, and I guess it was close enough that he went ahead and got both of them. I think black won out over the white, which is why he's mostly mostly in the black. I think when it's a dry course and when it's hot, he wears the white, and it's been. This was the hottest weekend in Belgium on record for October 15th or whatever. Yeah, it is kind of nuts to, to watch these Euro races now in deep in October. Yeah. And there are full, they're full schleck in it. They've got water bottles on their bikes like yeah. in Belgium. Like, this is, things aren't looking the same. Yeah. Um, I it's, had, it's cooler in New Orleans right now than it was in Belgium this weekend. Yeah. That's, that's pretty nuts. I had one little note that I, I wrote down while watching it that we, MVDP was together with the group for a bit, um, but then coming through start finish uh, at lap three, he reached down and tightened, and shoot, tightened his shoes, and yeah, and then he, then he attacked, and that was it. Yeah, I was like, oh, the race is over. That's He's his, tightening his shoes. Yeah, yeah. just that's declaring. His, that's his tell. <laughs> yeah, that, no, that is his tell because he did it the next day. Because you, you also like all the guys with him are just going to, you know, they just see him do that and they go, oh, shit. They're like, damn, okay. He's yeah. not, we're not hurting him. <laughs> yeah. We're not. We're, yeah. He's like, oh, so you guys want to start racing now or? Um, You'd think he'd need to have his, his cleats or his, his uh, shoes tightened up pretty good for that, you know, the start. You know, you would think that that's when you'd want to have your shoes the tightest is for the start because that's when you're really hammering yeah, you know, I, for the whole shot. I, I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of weirdness goes on with him and his shoes. There's been all kinds of issues, haven't there, with with him and his uh, there has loosening yeah, and tightening his maybe, shoes and having well, maybe issues when with he's them. just brapping so hard at the start, he's really pulling against. True, the maybe he's yeah loosening them a bit of the shoes, and then he then he has to ratchet them down. Or maybe he's reached down and loosened them at some point after the whole shot, and we didn't notice that part, and then he cranks it back up. Well, we can't yeah. leave Brico with talking about Katie Compton, who right. won the women's yep. race. Um, I missed it because I didn't wake up in time, which was a bummer. Uh, I watched some of it afterwards, and uh, yeah, pretty uh, pretty awesome uh, display from Katie. Yeah, she really was, uh, you know, laying down the power. Did, Good uh, ride. She, I say, she uh, mod mod camp. Coptons, yep, Captains, who has been kind of at the front of these races recently. Should, did they were they together or you know did, did Katie just kind of pull an MVDP on the crowd? She kind of rode away. I'm thinking like mid race ish. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't know. It's so long ago. Saturday. It is. You know, there's a lot of. I get I get confused because I realized the reason I didn't see the women race is because I was riding bikes. I forgot that I rode bikes on Saturday. Yeah. The big, you know, the big show was Sunday. Zonhoven. Well, real quick before we leave Brico Cross, can't right. leave it also without mentioning, um, and for anybody that hasn't seen it, take a look. Um, I'm sure there's a, a, a clip of it somewhere of, of Wout missing the remount at the top of the run-up flyover uh, and, and remounting his bicycle as he was beginning the descent onto a 25-foot flyover downhill pretty uh pretty impressive yeah and that he did it so calmly uh anybody who's ever dismounted and remounted a bicycle while moving and or ridden a flyover 
uh, will know that doing those two things in combination with each other um, is quite difficult and generally would result in crashing hard uh, for anyone that tried it. But Wout did it effortlessly and uh, really makes you realize how talented these guys are. Yeah. Take a peek at that. Good and, stuff. And speaking of talent, uh, I did see that last week he uh, Wout posted on Instagram or was it Twitter that he was he was practicing bunny hopping with his dad, I believe. His dad and him were we're reviewing the bunny hops. One of the few things that he's not that you know that he's known for not being particularly great at. Yeah, right. and then and he at Brico he was bunny hopping the barriers. So trying, I mean he's he's obviously trying to figure out a way to yeah. do something to battle and VDP. Up. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, let's go to Zonhoven. Yes. Hugh Darude Sandstorm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. It's really just stadium one of, feature, isn't it? Yes, it's a stadium of sand. It's yeah. it's an amphitheater. It's yeah. a it's a yeah. It's it's like it's gladiatorial, isn't it? It's uh, it, it really is when they come in to they come into that come around the, the tree line and then and dive into the bowl of sand and you have all those people there the and, and yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, kudos to the Belgian fans for coming out and making it look like freaking Woodstock out there, man. I mean, it really is. Yeah, we were Something watching. Special. We were watching it uh, together yesterday, weren't we? And it's just uh, you know you're just blown away by the sheer size of the crowd that's there and the diversity of the crowd that's there in, at a Belgian cross race. It's not like you know we were saying. It's not like you know here in the states, a cross race is going to be most of the people there are going to be other people who ride bikes, and it's like there's a lot of people there that don't look like they've ridden a bike in a long time. Well, you know, yeah, I mean that's that's it's it's, it's a spectator sport. Yes. Two. You mean the fat 60-year-old Belgians? Yeah, smoking yeah, a cigarette, smoking drinking cigarette. a beer. Um, but that's awesome because it's like it's national TV there. It's yeah. it's their NFL. That's know, right. Is- well, right. And, and to Bodie's earlier <laughs> point, you know, about the NFL and, and fans, it's like, you're right. Here in the States, most people that are at cyclocross races look like they probably ride bicycles. Most people at a typical NFL game in the United States, however, don't look like they could ever play football. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of what it's like for Belgian cyclocross. Um, Which is awesome. Yes. Yeah. It is. We it's need different. more fat 60-year-olds at our cyclocross races. Yeah. Well, or, or we don't, I mean, we know. Is this, a, this is an open invitation. Come on out. Yeah. <laughs> if you're yeah. overweight, yeah. Uh, if you, uh, cigarettes if you and... smoke 20 to 30 a day, yeah. come on out. Right. Yeah, we do serve beer. And um, that's right. Well, that's yeah. how cyclocross is marketed to like people who don't ride. It's like, uh, you can drink beer there. So whatever, like people are going to be riding around doing their goofy little thing in spandex. But guess what? You can drink beer. So please come. Yeah. Because we want you to watch us. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Great venue at Zonhoven. The other thing is that sand hill, the big sand hill. Yeah. 
the first one that they go down. The, the, well, they can they kind of come into it first around that corner, and they come down the a, a steeper, shorter one. Then they do the big long run up, and then they come they come down the big, big, big steep one. Or maybe I have the, the other way around. Other way around. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That thing is steep. I hadn't seen it in person, but you can just tell from yeah. the way people ride it. It's super steep, and the the TV coverage. And the images of it, I'm sure, don't do it justice, right? We've all been in those situations where you've sort of seen yeah. the grade on something. And mm-hmm. then when you see a photograph of yourself, for instance, riding up a steep hill, it doesn't look nearly as steep in the photographs or in the video. It's hard to depict gravity. Yeah. Well, unless it's a side-on shot, which is which doesn't really work in the scenario, right? It's really hard to follow them because they're dive-bombing into the thing. Yeah, Yeah, I think actually, I think Christoph Ramon, the photographer, got yeah. a really good uh, shot of... When you get the side-on shots, you're like, wow. In yeah. DP. Yeah. Let me just put it to you this way. I think if any of the three of us were on our cyclocross bike at the top of that thing, oh, we, we, faced we... with the prospects of riding <laughs> down it, we would probably shit ourselves. Uh, I don't know about that. I, I... But I'm not saying that I would do it well. But, I mean, it's a sand hill. Like, what? You fall, you fall into the sand. Like, it's not the worst thing. True. Um... No, but sand can still hurt. It can hurt, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, I think we would, let's put it this way. I think we'd probably ride up to it first and go, ooh, okay, uh, and then, like, go back and try it. Well, what I'm, what, I'd have my hands near my brake levers. Well, for sure. I, and that would probably be the reason that I would wipe out, because I'd be grabbing some brake when you obviously you need should. to not grab any brake. No. I think what I really want to know brake, is I want to, I want to ride that sand and see, what is the texture like? Is it? Is it sugary? You know, is it just, is it kind of wet and grippy? Is it, what's, what kind of sand are we talking about here? Looks right? a little wet and grippy. Looks a little dirty. But kind of dirty I think it sand. looks coarse. I think it yeah. looks, it doesn't look down fine. It really it's not like, fast. you know, it's not, uh, it's not big beach volleyball sand. It's not, you know, it's not Destin sand. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's more, it's more like the sand that you would pick up if you went to, uh, Marlux or, uh, Brico. You know, it's kind of like uh, construction sand. Yeah, sand that you would use for laying down some uh, pavers in your uh, on your patio. You know, that kind of sand. So, okay, so let's get let's talk some results real quick. Okay, well, I actually have a little. I have a few things to talk about with this. Um, can we mention the results real quick first, and then you can get into that? Sure. Let's go into results, and then I got some some takes. Maybe so, not takes, but I have some some thoughts. Women's race, uh, Maud Captain's consolidating her her strong second place showing from the Brico Cross from the day before. Wins the race going away. She was r- rode the last half of the race uh, on her own entirely. Uh, yeah, I didn't even see the beginning because we showed up and it was already kind of hot. She was through, already she was already way out way front. out front. Yeah. Okay, and, this is the race that I slept through. Sorry, that's why I didn't watch. And uh, uh, Nikki Bramier was uh, in second for most of the day. Yep. Uh, on her own, uh, there was a small group behind her that consisted of Sana Kant and a few others. And Kant was a bit a bit of a ways back in about seventh place. Yeah, well, apparently then... she's recovering from an illness, and that's why she hadn't uh, hadn't been able to get out front in Brico Cross the day before. Uh, I guess was feeling a little bit better at Zonhoven uh, because she. She Darn. never really. She no. She never really turned on the gas. Well, the last lap. She I mean, just. She, I, she, I saw her. 
She just motored. Motor past Nikki. Like, yeah. I think everybody else faded. I think she Such just. Such a physical yeah. course. Okay. There, was, there was never any huge effort. Yeah. It was just a, sort of a diesel type effort. She just kept going solid, and everybody else was just breaking down. I mean, running up that hill uh, as many times. Uh, Katie Compton uh, suffered again from maybe going out too hard the day before at Brico. Uh, maybe, again, she had some sort of an asthma situation. Yeah, it sounds but, like Mark Legg, her husband, was saying it just kind of comes and it just, yeah, yeah the asthma just kind of kicks up one yeah. day and, and you're kind of done for. Yeah, so, it, but that's a that's a hard course to, to ride. But, yeah, it, it uh, so Sana ended up finishing in second and, and Nikki Bramier rounded out the podium. Uh, Maud Captains looks like she's a legit contender this year. Um, yeah. Uh, in the men's race, again, no surprise. Uh, Vanderpoel uh, kind of rode with the rode with the group for just a bit on the first lap, and then yeah. he gained about thirty seconds around lap three. Yeah. Well, he, what he went from about was... seventh place to first place in about a lap. Yeah, he tightened his shoes. Yeah, um, and and not just first place. He was first place by twenty seconds. By twenty seconds ahead yeah. of Wout. Yes. Oh, I yeah. think I'm. Oh man, I, I thought I wrote this down. There was there was some point where somebody somebody like got stuck in the sand. Yeah. Or missed a turn, and then boom, he had a gap, and that was it. That was it. That was all I could do. But the beginning of the race, though, Sweet got the whole shot, but mm. but Wout went off the front after that. And looked like he was kind of riding like uh, Vanderpool. I mean, what are you going to do? You got to try new tactics to beat this guy. Yeah. And unfortunately, I don't think it. I don't think that really works for Wout. He likes to sort of sit in and kind of diesel away. And more so, like Sven. You yeah. Know? He like got he, caught that out. Steady, and, a steady build. Yeah. So, um, but Wout was also wearing. Wout was back to black shorts. On the hottest day of the of uh, you know October. Do you think it was like you can't wear white two days in a row? Or maybe on the Sabbath it's disrespectful. I don't know. The sand calls for black. Anyway, just <laughs> thought that was interesting. Yeah. Maybe he pooped his of... bib, pooped his bibs on that crazy remount that I described earlier. I, and... Looked like it might have been a little scary. Yeah, I mean it was it was, you know, just to reiterate, it was pretty unusual to see middle of October in Belgium water bottles on the seat tubes for yep. pretty much all those guys i yeah. see that i i did actually take a note um mv the mvdp got a gap in the sand descent the big descent oh yeah he they they were together and then he got he went into that first and he just bombs that with like no hesitation while it was second kind of just a little bit slower like what uh, mvdp is pedaling down the descent yeah Gets his gap. That's where it starts. And that's well, also I noticed Wout was also like they were both getting about like four or five pedal strokes going down it. And there's like, I for one know that there is no way on God's earth I would be pedaling at all going down that thing. Uh, which is that's pretty impressive that they're actually pedaling into it, and like not just pedaling into it, but like halfway down the thing they're still pedaling. Um, but then there's that incredible moment, like was it four laps in, where MVDP is, you know, on the limit, right? And then at the bottom, he just kind of has this crazy, uh, almost like starts like this, this crazy, like fishtail 
fishtail tail whip kind of madness going on and you think oh my god he's he's gonna lose it right here and he just manages to save the thing uh and Pretty he's basically yeah i mean he's you were you uh said townsend he was uh what was it uh, <laughs> 30 miles an hour cyclocross sand super tuck. cyclocross yeah. tuck sand whip save Cyclocross yeah, no. super tuck was was my uh yeah my catchphrase so yeah, I mean he was he was tucked pretty hard. When you when you see it in real time, and Bodie, you and I had a conversation about this the other day. I was asking like, was some part of that, was some part of that intentionally, uh, being showy, and and you said no way, it was a save straight up. And when you look at it in real time, yeah, it was one hundred percent a straight save. When you watch it in slow motion, yeah, the way he saved it was so deliberate and required two or three distinct moves. Right. It required sitting back down on the saddle, like putting his weight back, stopping pedaling, and sort of almost trail-breaking the rear wheel around. It wasn't... It was a save for sure, and he didn't... He wasn't tail-whipping to be showy, but he had to tail... He had to, he had to pull his rear wheel out of that... Uh, uh, out of that rut and pull it around... In order to keep from from going down, so to that extent, it was it was, like it was put, an intentional save. It wasn't just an accident that it happened that way. He he meant to do what he did at thirty miles an hour coming down that hill to stay upright. Pretty well, amazing. It's like he unweights the rear wheel to dig it out of the sand. It's yeah. just insane, isn't it? Uh, I know that didn't. You don't think that happened? No, that wasn't intentional. He he just slammed forward. His wheel popped up because all his weight was on his front wheel, and it popped out of the rut, and yep. then just popped down, and he just. You know, he didn't freak out. He just, you know, composed himself and pedaled out of there. Yeah. yeah. Not saying he thought about each one of those distinct moves, but it was an involuntary series of amazing bike handling. <laughs> Not, yeah. Indeed. I agree. But he also did, actually, at one point in the race, did go down. So, you know, he's not... Uh, he's not infallible when it comes to these things as we said last week yeah so how about uh his his uh bro correct david vanderpoel that is his yeah. brother great performance the finishing older, it in fourth uh, the, <laughs> the older yeah. and oft forgotten yeah i'd forgotten about him yeah dvdp yeah great show great uh, great ride by him yeah for sure yep uh awesome i don't know it's like one of those things i think it's like uh i think you know, it was interesting sitting in a cafe watching it and other people who'd never seen Zonhoven before. It's such a spectacle. I think it's just like, if you're going to like, it's one of the cross races. I think that and Namor, uh, for me, are like two yeah. of my favorites. Namor is like, almost what? like the, it has the drama and everything as well of the of the, the course, but it's a totally different thing because it's usually like slick and muddy as hell. Whereas Zonhoven is just this kind of, uh, you know, scene from Dune. Yeah, if you'd never seen uh, cyclocross before and you tuned in or you wandered into Roulet and saw us watching Zonhoven on, on Sunday afternoon, you would think that uh, that it was it was like beach volleyball for bicycles. Without Wait, a ball. What? <laughs> Wait, <laughs> sorry. I say oh, that no. again? Yeah. Yeah, I'm saying you would you know, if you'd never seen cyclocross before and Zonhoven was your first experience, you would think that, that this was some sport that involved, like, you know, beach volleyball course and bicycles. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. Mm. So deep sand. I mean, you know, it just it is it is. Uh, and, you know, but Zonhof is not the only sandworm. Coxida no. coming up this weekend is is fairly or it's it's coxider. No. Coxide. Coxida. 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 Yeah, I don't know. Um, that's that's coming up next. Yeah, doesn't uh, have the doesn't have the. Yeah, it's coming up this weekend. Yeah. Um, big stretches of, of, of sand, more beachy, uh, less. It's, got some roll, of, it's like rollers and stuff. It's some so rollers, but yeah, it's, it's nothing like that. Though. Wait, is, 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 so is Coxida. It's very sandy. Lots World of Cup. sand. Yes. World so Cup this so we're weekend. Back to the World Cup action. That's remember right. It got canceled last year because of. Uh, high winds. Yeah, that's right. High winds. The wind. And that's when Matthew Vanderpool like, rode, rode home. It was like a 100 yeah. mile ride. 130 miles. Him and, <laughs> him and David. Yeah, why yeah, not? Yeah, rode back to his house, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's this weekend, and it'll be uh, interesting to uh, talk about that on the next episode of the podcast. Yeah, so, that's going to be a good one. So what I wanted to talk about was Zonhoven and, and Coxida and all these, these races that are in established venues that, like, Zonhoven is always at the same place. I mean, it, the course looks to be set up exactly the same every year because the photos look the same. Yeah. Um, I'm just have always been curious of what happens to the environment like year after year of people riding these courses. Like it seems like, especially with, with sand cliffs and little hills that eventually you would wear that down and it really, really alter the, the landscape. And I'm just curious, like, do they go back after and we fortify things or do they, rotate you know where you enter the pit so it's not one section um there's this bit in uh behind the barriers i don't know like season one or two or jay pals like he's washing his shoes in the hotel he's washing his shoes in the hotel sink and getting mud everywhere which is not cool but he's like think about this think about all the mud that one rider is taking away and you think about that over the years like how much mud gets (laughs) taken away from this place like but like you do, like we do move the earth at these venues. Well, and not maybe. I, I'm sure they come in and they lay down more sand. Yeah, yeah I would so. imagine that there's some grooming that happens. Yeah. Okay. Because um, I was watching this on one of the climbs. There was a slight shelf that you could ride that was like yes, sturdier ground. On the right hand side. Yeah, there. and they would slip and, down. And then they slip down. Yeah. Yeah. So like obviously, like if you did that every year, that you would that shelf would slowly erode away. Yeah. And that really had got me th- thinking about... But that's, I think that's the nature of cross, though, isn't it? It's always going to be slightly different. The course yeah. is going to change as time changes it. Um, Until, like, you just erode the hill and there's no more hill. Yeah, but dude, that's a big hill to erode. Yeah. They're still going to throw more sand on that thing. They oh, right. So they, this... they're, they're not going to do that thing yeah. and, like, oh, there's no sand anymore. We'll just, like, ride it. It's like, no. Well, that's you know why what? That... We're going to call up Brico. Yes. And they're that's going to bring over of the sand. Belgian lows. <laughs> yeah. To bring in sand. But right. Because the, the sand, the sand, moves, the sand moves from the, the top to the bottom of the hill. So I'm assuming that they push <laughs> some of the sand from the bottom of the hill back up to the top, right? Yeah. Right. I don't know. This is. I would like to investigate this further, though. So I think that I'm sure there is some grooming goes on at these courses, and because they're they're permanent venues too, right? For a lot of these places, I, I mean that know. may Are only they? ever get used once a year. Are they? I mean, they. I don't know. I mean, I, I know some of them are just like they are kind of either bike parks or I mean, some of them are, some of them aren't. You know, it's weird, isn't it? Some of them are around towns, and uh, they kind of some are in a Lowe's parking lot. 
Some of them are at auto racing venues. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them are in a, a guy's field. Yeah. That's, I mean, the beautiful thing about cyclocross is, is the various venues you can have. Yep. Um, one more thought on uh, Terra, Terra Firma, mm. um, is I have always thought that if you go to the North Shore and you kind of ride off into the woods, to me, it looks a lot like Belgium. Sandy. Yep. Sandy dirt, pine trees. Uh, temperature's a little bit different. You might have alligators, but yep. there's always been rumors of this cyclocross course, permanent cyclocross course in the North Shore. And I always, I always thought about how that's what kind of like it'd be like riding in Belgium. Well, I'll tell, I tell you, you know, last year I went up to uh, Bogachita State Park and there are some great stuff to practice there. There's some great sand sections to practice on. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of stuff there that's really fun. Cyclocross team camp. Yeah. And uh, let's not forget the uh, the Covington course. Yes, our no. own cocksider. No, I was thinking about that because that will be. I will going to drop that uh, tomorrow in the uh, yeah you ride five days of hype. Um, in 2014, we went there for stop two, and that was uh, quite. That was literally on a sandy beach. That was one of the greatest cyclocross battles ever between Townsend johnny and myself that's right yeah that was epic which i lost to both of you yeah i lost it to johnny that race was sort of a a good a precursor of things to come for me that was my first race as a cat three and i was racing most of the race in third place so i'd made the move from four um i'd won the, the first stop as a cat four and i upgraded to three and I went out, and I was in third place. And I thought, well, hey, what do you know? It's not that much harder in the one, two, threes. I'm about to get my first podium, you know, at DSGP one, two, threes. And the last lap, Ben Allen mm. came, and he was he was charging, and I was fading, and uh, he beat me. And I've never, I never <laughs> have landed on the place podium. And that, I thought I was so close. That's why I hate Ben Allen. Was he riding a cross bike? He was indeed. Because there was on, a lot was of fat bike that day. There was a lot of bike doping at that race. Oh, certain Mr. Virtual <coughs> was uh, bike doping. A lot that, of bike doping. Day. Was a lot of bike doping that day. Um, yeah. Not us though. That race caused a lot of consternation. That's for sure. Um, I loved that course. I thought it was great. I got the whole shot in that race in the Masters that's race. That's right. You did. Look, I, I will say this because I think that in cyclocross you can race a mountain bike in a cross race perfectly acceptable and you should do it especially if it's the only bike you have because we want more people racing cross. no doubt about it if it's the only bike you have sure N yeah now if you are... have a cross bike race your cross bike in yeah. the cross race yeah. yeah if you are using it as an ad advantage well then that be kind of comes on the promoter to maybe make because like when we raced in pensacola last year which was literally on sand the entire time mm. the pit of carcoon yeah people brought their fat bikes and crushed destroyed everybody yeah, yeah. and it's like uh, yeah no, that's not a cross make, race make a fat anymore, bike category then that's so. not a cross race sorry um, anyway yeah. bring your mountain bike if you want to delta states it's fine we'll just heckle you but it's good natured you'll be all right all right well yeah. so shall we? uh shall we move on to Let's. uh yeah, you guys want to talk about um, big announcement tomorrow? Uh, switching gears from 
from cross to road for just a second. It's not a whole lot of road news going on this time of the year, but a little bit. The big news this week, at least, is that the uh, parkour, the route for the uh, Tour de France, is going to be released tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And um, some hints so far. Yep. As to what's going to be in play. Um, looks like we've got some Paris Roubaix cobbles, including yes. including the. I hear the Arnberg Forest was going to be Ooh, uh, in there. That's surprising. I, 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 you know, these are just rumors at this point, of course. Yeah. Uh, returning to the Alpe d'Huez uh, this year. But the rumor is it's going to be a different way up it. Is that right? Not the classic 21 hairpin No. Well, climb? if you remember the Dauphiné this year, they went up to Alpe d'Huez, and it was a two-up battle between uh, uh, Ben Swift and uh, Peter Kenyuk. Uh, up up there, but uh, they actually came up a different way, and then it's really it was really like in the last one or two k that they actually came onto the the road, the classic Alpe d'Huez road. Huh, the rumor is because this is the, what I've heard from people around that part of France. You know, I like to keep my ears. Some of your friends over there. Some, yeah. In the- <laughs> Some, yeah, and I'm you know I'm very I know a lot of people in all those villages. So the rumor is that they're actually going to come up another road that's slightly further down the hill and join it probably about halfway up okay so that'll be interesting uh number of days as long as they're not running up up the way the other rumor the other rumor is there's going to be a late uphill time trial well the yeah the what i heard was that it was going to be the penultimate stage was going to be a hilly individual time trial yeah so similar to the to the giro this year um, it, at least in the sense of the you know having the time trial on the on the penultimate uh, day of the race. Well, that was the last day on the Giro. Of That's right, of course. But and I mean, it, it will essentially be the will essentially be the deciding stage because of the you know parade to Paris the following day, um, and then four days in and around Pau in the uh, oh yeah four po, days in Pau. four days in the Pyrenees, which I'm really yeah. happy about. Um, and including talk of, um, Galibier. Yep. And, uh, Tourmalet, so, maybe, maybe so. No. Didn't, didn't read that, but yeah. you know, hard to, hard to spend. I don't know how you could have four days in the Pyrenees and not, that's right. Not have the Tourmalet, but okay. Okay. So, uh, um, getting way into the weeds guys. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. We are speculating like crazy. <laughs> uh, I'm excited to, to hear about it tomorrow. I'm excited to talk about that next year. Yeah. Well, this will have, and the reason I bring this up is it'll have a lot to do with whether or not uh, Tom Dumoulin decides to do the tour, and uh, yeah, you know, so who's going to be there is sort of depending on what the route looks like. So interesting. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of crazy, isn't it? Because I mean, this wouldn't have been like you know, if you imagine like forty years ago or whatever. There's no way that riders would be planning their entire year based on what happens tomorrow. And that's what's going to happen. Those yeah. guys are actually like they're going to then sit down with their director sportifs and their and their coaches and all their all their staff and like go, okay, so this is going to be my plan for the year now based upon what the tour is going to be like. Yeah, um, which is kind of nuts, really. I mean that they they really plan that far ahead. Froome will be deciding exactly which races he's going to do, when he's going to start his program. Well, he's going to do the tour. Yes, he's absolutely going to do the tour. We know he's going to do the tour. 
we just don't know if Dumoulin's going to do the tour. Is Nibali going to do the tour? Uh, is Chavez going to do the tour? Is Quintana going to do the tour? You know, those are all... Uh, Hopefully all of them will do the tour. So they asked, uh, interviewed Tom Dumoulin on the Cycling News podcast, and they were asking him about whether he was going to do the tour, and he said it's going to depend on what the what the route is. And they were they were playing up the potential Dumoulin Froome battle in the Tour de France should he decide to do it. And Dumoulin had a great comment. He said, "Well, if I go do the tour next year, I'm not just going to have to beat Chris Froome. I'm going to have to beat everybody else too." Yeah, <laughs> it was a good good answer to that question. You know, to sort of deflect some of well, that. Yeah, he's going to beat everybody else to get second. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's uh, Froome. Hey, this cobbles. Um, Froome. Well, Froome's probably a cobble master now. I mean, he's well, learned how to descend. He attacks, you know, off the front with Peter Sagan. So, you know, now he's going to master the cobbles. Anything can happen. Anyway, let's yep. move past the tour. But we, I'm sorry, sorry to bore you there. Uh, gosh, no. Well, yeah, I think boy, we spent, other, spent some, all of like four minutes talking about that. Imagine <laughs> that. There's some other good uh, pro cycling stuff to talk about. So... Mm. I'm wondering if the new thing to do after you retire from pro cycling is to do tries because appears to be that Gen Z. Do we have to? Do we Jens have to? Voigt didn't we talk about this last week? Did it, no, we didn't. Yeah, we did. We, we, did, we did a, a Lansky. We did a public service ma- announcement yeah. last week about about but the, the hits know, the, just keep on coming. Yeah, no, I'm talking about a new person who's doing. You know, Jens uh, Voigt is uh, he did a triathlon. Won yeah. it. He won he, it. No, he got second. Oh, he got second. <laughs> yeah. I thought he, well, he was standing on. Looked like he was standing on the top step of the podium in the photo he I just, saw. He was just taller than the Japanese guy who was. <laughs> who, who was well, the, you know, it's funny now that you say that. It's true because he he, he wasn't was on, in the middle. He no, was on yeah. one side. But I thought it was a. I thought it was like a a ladder type podium. <laughs> ladder type. That's. that's uh, well, you know, it's your triathlon. Who knows how they do that's things? That's true. They, yeah, yeah, they probably I mean, do get, everything They different. break it out into so many age groups. They and... stand on bricks, don't they? Oh. That's what they call it, a brick. They do like a three. I don't know. Oh. Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, he did it in Bali. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, if you, I guess if you're going to do something that miserable, then it's not a bad place to do it. Um, and there is some sort of race happening right now that I saw some <laughs> sprint, sprinter won like four stages in a row, but we don't even talk about that. Uh, I saw Alex Howes resign. Oh with... no! Um, yeah, what's his name? No, we're not gonna talk about Irish some guy. British guy. Who cares? Irish, <laughs> Irish, different, but never one mind. of your people, though, right? No, Irish, different, different country. <laughs> like Canadians are your people, right? Yeah. Okay. North Americans. All <laughs> oh, right, because now now you'll take ownership of anything. Mike Mike Woods is the is top top American. <laughs> he is <laughs> top, top American he at the Vuelta. American, Mike Woods. Yeah. America's America's favorite Canadian, Mike Woods. Yeah. Um, Well, I guess if uh, the Slow Ride podcast call uh, uh, Dan Martin is there, is there top American? American, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mike Woods makes sense to be an American, so they're both honorary Americans. Sure. All right. Uh, Yeah. They speak English. I was just gonna say that Alex Howe's resigned with Cannondale, or EF makes sense. Yeah. He seems to be. He's, he's been there his entire career, so... Somebody else just moved to EF. Well, Rusty Woods, or Mike Woods, also re-upped with um, EF Education First. Unsurprising. Um, is there any other transfer, exciting transfer news? Oh, uh, you know... Somebody's moving to EF, though. It was... You gotta know the answer before you pose yeah, the question. I, thought, I did see say... that Robin Carpenter went from... 
um, Italian sprinter. Halawesco Citadel to to rally, and rally is going pro continental next year, which so is Halawesco Citadel. So they're going pro Conti. Both both squads are. They're going to go. Are they going to do some European races? I guess so. Interesting. That'll be good. Um, that's all I have on the pro cycling talk. Well, there is one more thing I wanted to say about that, and uh, it's coming up this. I think it's on Friday. Is the Taiwan KOM Challenge? Do you know about this? I only because of Phil Gaiman. Has this he done is it? A, some sort of a Strava situation? No, it's no, actually, he's going though. Is like, he going? Yeah, he oh. just posted on his. I didn't realize he'd signed up for it. Insta stories. Well, yeah. you know who else is going? Vincenzo Nibali is going to do it. That's right. He did say that. He said, "I hope that Vincenzo Nibali is not going to try." Uh, I th- I think Vincenzo Nibali is going because obviously Bahrain Merida. Merida is, you know, a named sponsor of his team, and they are uh, one of the largest Taiwanese bicycle makers. Oh, I I thought Merida was an Italian like steel manufacturer. No, no, they're a Taiwanese That's bike company. That's Lamprey. That's Lamprey, yeah. But Merida is okay. Yep. Huh. All right. So Merida Sweet. bikes, yep, they are uh, they're Taiwanese. So that's a it's a big thing, I guess, for them. But it's basically a hill climb. And I think last year it was one, the last year's winning time was three and a half hours. And it's basically all uphill from sea level to the wow. top of the mountain. That's, that's a, it's a climb. It's one yeah. climb. That sounds terrible. Yeah. Uh, Emma Pooley was the fastest woman last year in like about four hours and 10 minutes, which was pretty, uh, pretty impressive. Um, but yeah. So it's like a hill climb Grand Fondo. Uh yeah, but it's how a, many how many feet is it? I don't, it's a lot. It's a big climb. It's a so you know. I guess Phil Gaiman did that. Uh, if you're did the Hawaii to three and a half hours. That's a long. Yeah, it's that, it's climb in like Hawaii. Hale, 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 whatever it is. Yeah. Which is basically that's the same kind of thing. Mauna Kea. Yeah. So he'll be well suited to it, I think. Absolutely. Um, I actually just watched one of his uh his worst retirement ever episodes of Boulder. Yeah, where he did Flagstaff, and he, just, he did it twice. He did it twice, yeah. And he he couldn't get um, he couldn't beat Levi's time. No, nope. I also listened to his podcast with uh, Tommy D. That was depressing, wasn't it? It I actually didn't think it was that good. Well, I don't think Tommy D is a very good interviewee. He's not, and he's like, oh well, I'm not going to go into that. But he's pretty, I've, he's I've pretty already, better. I've defended myself. It's yeah. So it's... so basically, Tommy D. He, so he is saying that it was a tainted supplement. Right. Like that is his, I didn't really realize that was like, he claimed it was a tainted supplement and he's, that's, that's his truth. And yeah. He, I don't know. Yeah. It's yeah. I kind of feel it's like, I don't know. Like, I almost feel like it's like, well, even if that's true, I kind of feel like, you, you know, like you kind of get your comeuppance in the end, no matter what. You know, yeah. it's, it's like that. That's the problem, isn't it? It's like nobody's. It's like at that point, it's like you're like the boy who cried wolf, and so it's like, well, you would you were doping for years, and you don't seem particularly remorseful about that. You know, you don't like. It's like, well, I don't need to go into that, and I don't need to defend myself about that. It's like, well, okay, but you like still kind of don't really sound remorseful, particularly. The only thing is like, there's a point where Phil asks him the questions like. What about the other guys out yeah. there? What about the guys that were were really good, 
but couldn't do well because of all of you guys. And he's like, yeah, I guess I hadn't really thought about them. It's like, <laughs> yeah, because you were a dick. Yeah, how do you not think about the people who who aren't? I mean, I've, I've, if you are making the choice to dope because you feel like it's what everybody else is doing and you need to do it to survive, you obviously have thought about people who aren't doping because that was what you were before you decided to dope. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, it was, I don't, I certainly don't like Tom Danielson anymore after that podcast. It didn't make him endearing to me in any way. No. Yeah. Which I kind of, you know, I was a bit disappointed because like, I like Phil and like Phil likes him and I was like yeah. kind of surprised in, in some ways. I don't think he interviews very well. I don't, he just sounded super kind of, cautious and protective of himself in some ways you know great, great take on uh doping or the lack thereof in cycling again pointing you back you guys should both take a listen to it because it's it's good for a number of reasons but they also talk a lot about racing clean the cycling news uh podcast interview uh with tom dumoulin they get into that a good bit and he has yeah. some very good points about you know his his attitudes and feelings about uh doping or or, or more precisely not doping and racing clean and sport Nice. Uh, Sasha Madolo was the That's name it. you were looking for earlier, Matt. Yeah. And how could we mention uh, uh, Slipstream move, right? and, and Cannondale without mentioning uh, that uh, Mitch Docker is also uh, yes. going to be racing with uh, Cannondale next year? Yeah. Mitch Docker, soccer rocker. So I'm happy that Mitch Docker is coming to the American team, but I'm also wondering, does that mean his career is almost over? Uh, probably. Yeah. I don't think his career was really going anywhere special at, at the time anyway, was it? I mean, he's sure. like, he's a domestique. I mean, he's a domestique, yeah. yeah. I mean, he gets his... Classics domestique. Yeah, and he, he's able to, you know, go for his a little bit in some of the smaller classes. I mean, I love him. I think he's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think there, I mean, that is a role. Like, it, not everybody can win all the races, and so you settle into your position. Yeah. And I'm putting him on my, uh, on my Classics fantasy team next uh, year. Okay. okay. I'm telling you now. All right. Yeah. Well, so, maybe he'll have a free reign, you know. Yeah. Um, so we're uh, running out of stuff uh, on the agenda, Matt, but I tell you, before oh, well, I, we... Bef- we got more stuff. I know we got a few more things, uh, and, and one of the things oh. I was going to say is let's, uh, let's maybe give the people what they want, Matt. Let's, uh, let's yeah. talk tires. Come on. Let's talk about tires. Baby, let's talk about FMB. Let's talk about all the good things that... Gator skin. That Tires. This weekend, Townsend, you and I, we did a little, uh, a little what we call the uh, the shuffle, the airport shuffle loop. Yeah. Don't and call it the shuffle. Why not? I hate the name shuffle. Well, that's beyond. Airport loop. Yep. Oh. Nope. Okay. We did the, the airport. The shuffle is some ridiculous route through Kenner that takes you on sidewalks and the down wrong way streets. Okay. That's true. Well, it's, we didn't do that then. We did the yeah. airport loop. Airport loop. Thank we you. We did the airport, the airport gravel loop. I appreciate that. And uh, it was uh, perfect conditions, wasn't it? Really, for it was great for riding the gravel. It was. It had obviously obviously just been graded, and uh, and then it had rained the night before, and so it was pretty hard packed down for the most part. A little loose on the insides of some of the corners, but it was uh, pretty fast and. Uh, I think yourself and myself did a pretty phenomenal job of uh, holding everybody off. Yeah, Graveling. You guys graveled really we gra- well. We graveled. Gravel, gravel masters. Yeah, we were, we were, <laughs> we were graveling hard. 
and uh, <laughs> not to be confused with groveling. And what was interesting was uh, Townsend, you were not wear- riding what I would consider optimal gravel tires. No, I wasn't. Yeah. What'd you have? Well, I had two kind of hand-me-down uh, tires that I got uh, while out on the Pavlov ride. Uh, both of my uh, tires uh, that I showed up to the ride on uh, got cashed on the ride. Uh, and so I was on the basically the NRS tires that they you know got donated from local shops. I was on I had a Victoria uh, Vittoria Rubinho Pro on the front, 25 uh, millimeter and a Vittoria Zafiro Pro on the back. Mm-hmm. Both fairly low-end uh, tires. Not particularly supple. Um, I guess decent flat protection, but not not uh, not what you'd optimally want on the gravel. I mean, I'm used to riding 28s in general on the road anytime. Uh, but, uh, so I was on a slightly narrower tire than I was used to and, and not particularly supple, but they, they did the trick. They did a job on, in the, in the conditions that, uh, that we had. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, it was interesting. We had, uh, you know, friend of the podcast, Nate Batts was with us and I think he was on 23s, which, uh, you know, <laughs> was he, he was really riding 23s. I, I believe he might Why have been Why in the world wouldn't someone because like I, because Nate. Because he didn't have any other tires left. So I think he's like, he's down to 23s. Um, I do have some news regarding that to follow. But uh, he was saying that the 23s really were perfectly for, perfect for digging deep down below the gravel layer into the, into the mud below. Yeah. They were, they were excellent. Slicing, slicing right through the gravel. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. They excelled at doing that. Um. <laughs> Nate also was probably... Uh, over 190 right now well i think that's fair to say weight wise yeah uh so yeah he's uh that that, that also assists in, the, in I, the i'm not saying he i'm not saying he needs to lose weight i'm just saying he's a big guy maybe he was digging down to bedrock you know down <laughs> <laughs> that's what i thought you were going to. He's digging down to solid ground yeah, he's digging down all the way to the airport tarmac <laughs> underneath that gravel yeah but i do have some news about that that nate bats and he's very excited about it he's uh, ordered a new wheel set uh, from Hunt Bike Wheels in the UK, uh, beautiful. Don't old, know anything about them. Mm, nice wheels. All I didn't know anything about them either. And Nate's just about got me <clears throat> talked into ordering a set of these. All silver, tubeless uh, ready. All silver, tubeless ready, wide, like 23, 24 mil wide, and they're they're shipping them complete with mounted up Hutchinson Sector 28s. Yeah. So uh, he's gonna be good to go. Yeah. So you don't have to break your uh, you don't have to break your tire levers uh, stretching that uh, tubeless, uh, I mean tubular wheel onto. Uh, or the excuse tubeless. me, the tubeless wheel, tubeless tire onto your wheel. Speaking of which, Bodie, you had a little issue, didn't you, mounting uh, a tubeless tire recently? Yeah. Speaking of tire talk, uh, so I got as I, I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast, but I got the Vittoria Terreno Dries mm. for my cross bike for training. Um, and my thought is I'm eventually going to buy a set of tubeless wheels and I'll put those on there. But for the time being, I got, I just went for the tires. I wanted some new tires. So you got the TNT version, the TNT, um, and the trainer dries are pretty awesome and they grip really well for a dry tire. 
Yeah. Um, you can listen to the Bike Shop CX podcast uh, about the Vittoria tires with the guy who actually made the tires. And if you want to geek out on tires, that is an episode you should listen to because it's really fascinating. Anyway, so I was... After you listen to this episode. Yeah. Where yeah. we geek out on tires. So yeah. I was trying... I had mounted one and it was pretty hard. I had to get Emily to help me. I have a sprained finger, so I kind of can't do... Whatever. It's hard to... I'm not... Whatever. I probably couldn't do it on myself hey, with baby, regular fingers. Baby, can you come in here? Cause I, but I, I no, sprained I, my I, finger. I said, I said, but you, you snapped a tire lever putting it on there, right? Yeah, I'd snapped a tire yeah. lever. I snapped would, a pedro. See, I was, I was trying to segue and throw it to you earlier with my comment about the yeah. snap tire lever. So, well, I probably had the tire lever. I was probably applying way too much torque to the tire lever. I was way too much in the middle of the tire trying to pop a whole bunch of tire on. Were you just using one lever? I was using one. Mm. And no metal core, probably just no, all plastic. Pedro's pink. Yeah. And actually, I broke it first time ever. Made a little Instagram story. They immediately sent me a message saying, "Sorry to hear, we'll warranty that." So good on that. Pedro's has a new customer. Like I'm gonna buy yeah. next time I need some lube or something. Anytime you want to break a tire lever, you're gonna buy a Pedro's one. Friend of the podcast, Vince G, strongly recommends the uh, the Pedro's uh, bike cleaning supplies. So I posted a Is Instagram photo. What's that? Is that the pig? That's right. The chain pig. No, 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 no. It's oh. just they have they have you know cleaning solutions and yeah. whatnot. Apparently, they had a big bike washing station set up at uh, Gloucester. Oh, yeah. that's right. So he was saying Gloucester. He'd... Is that how you guys say it? It's Gloucester. Gloucester. Yeah. Well, it's actually Gloucester. 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 Oh, if you're like New England, okay, yeah, uh, yeah. But tire levers. Uh, there's definitely a knack to some of them. Some of them go on. Like, that is one of the most painful things about tubeless tires is. I've had, <clears throat> excuse me, I've had like the Schwalbe Pro One is a mother to put on. And I have broken steel core levers trying to put that one on. For some reason, it just does not work very well with the Pacenti rims. I don't get it. Uh, it can be a pain. So yeah. now when you when you get them pre-mounted from a wheel manufacturer, I mean, do they have some special system that they're using to put them on there? They just got a guy with a couple tire levers putting them on well, there. Have you seen Probably the have a guy that... whose finger isn't sprained, and uh, he's, uh, you know, Have you seen strength. how they put car tires on rims? Yeah, that's right. That's what I'm asking. Is there something similar to for a bike for a bike uh, wheel? There is, there is technique, though, and I, I've learned. And there is also some sort of lube you can use. Well, you can you can put uh, soapy uh, put soapy water on the bead, like uh, dish soap and water. Run that around the bead and the rim edge, and that'll help. That'll help it. There's there's a few little tricks, but you can also do certain things with two levers and stuff. Anyway, there's there's a few little uh, tricks of the trade. It's certainly easier with a cross tire than it is with a road tire. I I tried to get a road I tried to get a road tubeless tire on my non tubeless rims, and I had to cut the tire with a knife <laughs> yeah like, that's that's not that that's probably not gonna help to get it off <laughs> just because i just realized i i was going nowhere there's no way in the world i could get the other the tire completely on and i got really pissed off and so i just took a knife to it and then it was really hard to cut the bead on the tire with the knife that i with had the kevlar yeah. cutting through kevlar yeah. with with a blunt knife yeah 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 it was, all uh, right so uh, kids don't do that at home uh <laughs> don't give me nice things uh, all right um i have some more tire talk no, unless you have me too i have more tire talk but you go first 
Well, uh, I think it's important as human beings uh, that we, we learn and we grow and we have experiences and then we, we take feedback from those experiences and we evolve. Um, so I have destroyed my Continental GP 4000 tires. Uh, Deliberately or by, you know, just Well, not deliberately, but just by riding them every day as a training tire. Um, when I first got them, I was like, these are great tires. You can use them for gravel. They're training. They're ra They're not even racing because I race them on tubular. These are like a train tire. I've learned uh, in the past couple months that they would be good if you had really nice roads and you didn't constantly ride over railroad train tracks mm -hmm. and the sharp giant rocks that are next to railroad train tracks every time you went for a ride yeah um, i think that the way that i get to the lake front from the lower ninth ward takes me over some really rough terrain and it is just they have just sliced up the sidewalls on those tires like they're just they so can't I, hang uh, so i've heard that the if we're sticking with the continentals i have heard that the uh four seasons yeah uh is is a better um, more durable more durable so maybe tire. that's a good halfway between the gator skin and the 4ks yeah because right, right now right now i'm running a gator skin on the back oh, and God. a uh, 4k on the front and it's like it's really dangerous that i'm i'm riding with this tire because it could just yeah just i could just be a you know the sidewalk will blow out and i could be be screwed yeah I had a long conversation with the guys over at bicycle michaels uh, a couple weeks back um and uh, our friend uh, Eric Stewart was in getting some road wheels set up, and uh, they were setting him up with the Four Seasons, Continental Four Seasons. And we had a conversation. Which is probably, and that's, I mean, that's a decent training slash winter tire, yeah. right? And, and the guys there were basically the saying exactly what you're saying there, Bodie, because I was I was hyping the, uh, the GP4000s, which I've got, uh, 28s now maybe maybe the bigger profile gives me a little bit you know less opportunity to be scouring the sidewalls just because i'm staying on top of stuff a little bit better with the wider contact patch there and mm -hmm. i haven't had any trouble with them and i was kind of hyping them up and and the guys at bicycle michaels were sort of shaking their head like you know uh, they'll be they'll be wrecked soon enough yeah i think that i think if i if we lived in a place that had really good roads um and i took a different route to the lakefront Maybe I just rode on Esplanade, you know, which is nice and smooth, and then went to the lakefront and rode, like, then the, the, the GP4000s would be fine, but they're definitely not a gravel tire. I, I will admit that I was wrong when I called them a gravel tire. I mean, you can ride gravel on them, right? but it's they're going to really shorten the lifespan of those tires. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my tire talk segment. Well, I was just reading about uh, Hutchinson. I've got a new version of their Fusion. They went straight from the Fusion 3 and bypassed the Fusion 4 to the Fusion 5. <laughs> and uh, there are several versions of it, and they do it in a 28. I'm kind of interested. It's actually probably a little burlier than the Sector 28, but maybe a little bit better for the road, um, whereas the Sector 28 was designed as a kind of pave uh, tire. So... Uh, I don't know, I might try them out. The one thing that's really bumming me out right now is that nobody will produce a 28 tubeless tan wall. Somebody, come on, get on yeah. it now. I need that. 
Not even your uh, Rando Bon Jovi uh, guys? They do a 28, but it's not tubeless ready. Huh? Yeah, they don't do a tubeless ready until I think like a 32 or uh, or even the John Bon Jovi. Or, yeah, so uh, somebody's got to get on that. Compass, get on it. Somebody get on it, please. I agree. I mean, tan sidewalls are, especially with your bike, man, that's a, that's a good look. Pro Sexy. AF. Well, I, your bike, which is my girlfriend's bike, and she has tan sidewalls, and it looks She's Amazing. got the Vittoria Corsa G's. Corsa G's, yeah. yeah. And they're hanging in there for cuz she weighs like 100 pounds. Well, no, she's well, she destroyed one of them. Oh. But yeah, I mean you if you use that tire as your <laughs> daily tire and like I said, you live where we live and you ride the roads that we ride. Then you're going to get 700 miles out of it if you're yeah. lucky. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. But they're really nice tires. They look and she great. really enjoys riding <laughs> on them, so Yeah. You know, we all have our uh things you want to splurge on so so uh so guys last week we put out a call for reviews mm-hmm. uh, and it looks like at least uh one person uh, heeded the call Bodie, nice. why don't you uh cue it up yeah we have a new five star review from a gentleman named nathaniel lewis wood Oh. Not familiar with them, but maybe that's you... a screen name. I'm gonna <laughs> gather that's probably uh, not uh, real. Yeah, yeah, made up name. Yeah. Um, but Nathaniel, thank you. I appreciate you. Uh, Whoever you are. Yeah, for yeah. giving us a five star review. Uh, he's his his title is a uh, great banter and love for local racing. Mm. So he says, I feel like a fly on the wall listening to Sergio Bodie and T Bone discussing cycling news from the wider world. But where this crew really shines is its coverage of the local racing scene. Being mentioned on the podcast is tantamount to local celebrity status. Listening to this podcast has become a weekly ritual that I look forward to and sorely miss when it is absent. Well, thank you, uh, beautiful Mr. Sorry, Nathaniel Lewis Wood. We, uh, we appreciate you giving us uh, a shout-out, and maybe, maybe one day we'll meet you and uh, give Take- you take a bike ride with you maybe yeah, yeah. give you that give would be a great. in the back in person yeah um wait so we had a, a contest we do have a contest so nathaniel is currently obviously leading that contest uh for the uh beautiful uh the tuxedo jersey tuxedo jersey that we have available uh so uh you know, I mean, how long are we going to keep this open for? That's a good question. We probably should decide that. <laughs> we should probably uh, have a cutoff open, date. Keep it, we'll keep it open through Thanksgiving. Okay. okay. How about that? Okay. okay, and we will, and then somebody will give thanks to us for receiving it. So we we all agree. Nathaniel is in the virtual tuxedo jersey. He is. At this point. The, yes, he's definitely. He's in. the leader on the road. Seeing as he's the one review we've received since well, the competition Well, no, we got opened. the review from McCovey. Also five star, but I I'm gonna have to give Nathaniel the lead because the amount of word count is higher. Okay, all right, word count higher, and I thought it was very eloquent. Yes, uh, I thought it was too. I uh, think that's our best. I think that's our best review ever. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, <laughs> this guy's got a future in yeah. in reviewing podcast podcasts. reviews. Yeah. Uh, all right, so and I keep think- them coming, guys. Yeah, please. So yes, we do have an amazing prize for you. And maybe we'll all sign it. Maybe we could do that. We could all uh, sign it with a sharpie. <laughs> <laughs> Further decreasing its value. Yes. Yes. Seriously, a bunch of nobodies wrote all over my jersey. <laughs> the thing's barely worth anything right now, Matt. Don't don't degrade it further. 
Uh, yeah, well, I guess we've gone through our agenda. Uh, don't forget, uh, Delta State's Grand Prix of Cyclocross starts this Sunday. You can, yep. It's on USAC. You know where to go. I thought you were about to say it was on USA Channel. I was like, <laughs> it's going to be it's gonna be live. Maybe we'll your... do some. We did some live uh, Facebook and last year, so maybe mm. I'll do that again this year. Yeah, and, and, and coming up sometime this fall slash winter, uh, we're going to bring... We've, we've talked about bringing a uh, live commentary to yeah. one of the uh, DVV or other, other. Uh, Belgian cyclocross series races. I vote for Namur. That would That's be great. Vote. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. As long yeah. as we're not racing that day. Uh, yeah, we'll have yeah. to figure out. We'll, we'll have to figure out a good one that works for when we're not doing other things. But yeah, because they're kind of inconveniently timed. But... Uh, yeah, let's do that. Sounds great. So uh, thank you to VicNet for our intro and outro music. Yeah. Um, thank you to uh, Daruda for Sandstorm. <laughs> <laughs> and Salt and Pepper for that Tire Talk song. And thank you guys for uh, joining me here in the law library to uh, record an episode of the Yeah, You Ride podcast together. So, hey, hey, I will start the sign-off okay. tonight Sounds good. saying that this is the T-Bone, saying I've finally figured out the varieties of Belgian cyclocross racing series. This is Sir Cheerio saying, I know that we have some listeners out there who have bike industry connections. Get me those 28 tubeless tan walls now. And this is the Bodie Bodie saying, I've discovered that Rattlers are very tasty, but they must be low on alcohol content. Give me another, barkeep. I got one. Mm-hmm.